0: My name is Caleb Lee, and uh, I had the opportunity to go, How does this work? To, go to India. <laughs> yeah, I'm just gonna to go to India um, with the India missions team, and so and I'm gonna be up here uh, saying my te- uh, reading my testimony to you guys. Um, so uh, this is my testimony. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John five. John 1, verse 5. Uh, when I signed up for this trip, I really didn't know what to expect. Uh, I'd been on mission trips before, but they were all to Mexico and from my hometown of Los Angeles, which is only like a couple of hours away. They were never to a place like India where less than 2% of the populations are, population are believers. Uh, I imagined India as a land where idols and false gods were everywhere and where cows ran wild in the streets. These were the stereotypical... Images of India i had had seen on television and in magazines. However, when we landed in Delhi, I was surprised to see that my stereotypical images of India were pretty much right on. I saw s- small statues of Hindu gods everywhere, from back of taxi cabs to storefront windows. Five minutes into our drive from the airport, I saw my first cow, first of many we encountered on our trip, including the one that our bus almost crashed into. Just walk- uh, The air was thick with the smell of burning garbage, and a thin film of dust slowly began to settle on my skin. But more than the visual, I felt the spiritual. I felt the spiritual darkness that thousands of years of the enemy's work had done in this country. The physical manifestations of the spiritual darkness could be seen all around in the forms of slums and garbage-littered streets. The spirit of poverty was strong here, and you can tell that this was enemy territory, and the enemy was winning here. In one simple word, I felt hopeless, what can I do in the midst of all this darkness and oppression? That was my first impression of India. However, God had a different word for me, and that word was light. And he revealed it to me through the smiles of beautiful Indian children. Delhi. When we landed in Delhi Airport, we were met by Pastor John of Grace Home, Grace Children's Home and Pastor Letlaw of the Kuki Worship Service. And Kuki, for those of you that don't know, is the language of Manipur, India, which is the place where we spent the second leg of our trip. During our first three days in India, we were in Delhi with Pastor John and his family. We had Sunday worship service with Grace Children's Home, where we presented some of our skits, and our sister Erin Lee delivered a sermon on being the light of the world. After the message, we had a time of prayer where we prayed for the children and the people that attended the service. Right from the beginning, I can see that God was working. During the time of prayer, some of the women were touched by the Holy Spirit and were brought to tears. And at one point, when Pastor Marcus called for uh, anyone who was having heart problems, a woman came up and was prayed for. We were excited, but this was just the beginning. That same evening, we attended the kookie Worship Service, which is a service led by Pastor Letlaw. The congregation was mostly made up of young college students from Manipur. We presented our body worship and a skit during the service, and Pastor Marcus spoke a message that touched the hearts of many people in the congregation. He spoke on John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. A young man came up after the service and told Marcus that his sermon was the best sermon he had ever heard. Another powerful testimony from the service came as a result of our skit. The skit that we performed that night was called the Everything Skit, which was about a girl who turns to relationships, money, alcohol, self-image issues, and ultimately suicide before running back to Christ. That night, a young woman came up to one of the sisters saying that she was powerfully moved by the skit. She was a student living alone in Delhi, away from her family, and she told our sister Erin that she felt exactly like the girl in the skit. God had used our skit to touch her heart and and to encourage her when she needed it the most. Our God has great timing. Amen? The next day, we had the whole day with the kids from Grace Home, some of the most beautiful children in the world. We taught their classes in the morning, and that evening we had VBS with them. That night, we we split up into groups and prayed for the children, And after the prayer time, Pastor John told us his testimony about how God used him to start Grace Home. It was a powerful story of God's grace and the demonstration of his glory. It was also a testimony of God's love for the children of India. Throughout our time in Delhi, God was telling me that it was all about the children, that we were here for the children. I kept hearing in my prayers, I died for these children. I began to realize why God had brought me to India, to reveal to me his love and compassion for these children, and to break my heart for the things that break his. Manipur. The next morning we took a very early flight to Manipur, India. Hometown of, hometown of Pastor Letlaw. Now our team being able to go to Manipur had God's fingerprints all over it. Manipur is a part of India with a lot of political and tribal turmoil. In order to go into Manipur, we need to have a permit from the government, and that permit takes four weeks to receive. We did not know about this until four weeks before our trip. And we were not sure if we were even going to be able to go into Manipur. However, by the grace of God, we got the permits in less than one week. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. When we landed in Manipur, my impressions of it were that of land, of a land stuck in the past. Almost every building was dilapidated and falling apart. There was no part of the city that seemed to have any kind of modern development. Imagine the small towns pictured in Vietnam war movies, but today in 2009. During our stay in Manipur, we stayed at Pastor Letlaw's mother-in-law's home. It was a large three-story house with enough room for all of us to stay comfortably. Our God is good. <laughs> Amen. The main part of our ministry in Manipur was to lead revival services in a nearby church, pastored by Reverend Stephen. Let me mention that our mission theme verse was Matthew 10:8. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely freely give. We had been praying for a long time for God to do a mighty thing in Manapur. These revivals were going to change people's lives. However, our first revival night was not that exciting. We presented our healer skit, and our sister Trudy told her testimony. Pa- Pastor Marcus then spoke a message on John 16 through 21, a message about Christ being the light and how without him we are in darkness. It was a good worship service, but we didn't see any real manifestations of the Holy Spirit. I have to admit, I was a little disappointed. I was expecting a bigger response from the Manipurian congregation. But we serve a God that, has, that does things based on his timing and not man's. Because the next day, the Holy Spirit was there in full force. After Sister Erin's sermon on Christ being the living water, she made an altar call for people who wanted to experience this living water and to give their lives to Christ. At first, no one came up. But after a while, a young girl and a young man came on came on stage, and our team began to minister them to them with prayers. After a while, there were over 20 people lined up to be prayed for. We found out from Pastor Letlaw later on that evening that people of Manipur are very calm and reserved, and it's very rare to see people come up to altar calls. But the Spirit of God was moving in in the hearts of these people. I saw the first person be slain in the Spirit when Sister Anne was praying for her. It was an awesome sign from God that his Spirit was there and was there in power. At one point in the night, we noticed a young man, the very first man that came up to the altar car, laying on his stomach, crying very loudly and kooky. We prayed for the man, but he would not be consoled. Even at the end of the evening, his friends had to carry him out of the church. We found out from Pastor Steven that night that the young man had tried to commit suicide the night, suicide the night before, the night we had performed the Everything Skit where the girl is tempted to commit suicide. We spoke about he, he was breaking his heart be, on, on top of that stage, and he was healing him. That same night, a woman who, had, who was a domestic worker for one of the men we met, named Dr. Didi, came to know Christ for the first time. And she was telling her testimony to her boss the very next day how she drank the living water. God is awesome. One thing I learned about the mission field is that we are, as we experience God more, the enemy attacks more. On our last night in Manipur, I was experiencing a lot of spiritual attacks. The enemy was telling me over and over that I was useless here, that my walk with God was not good enough to be used out here. I was the oldest member on the team. Yes, I was. <laughs> but he was using the youngest people to demonstrate his power, and I was just sitting on the sidelines. Before the last worship service I was in Manipur, I was very discouraged. However, God be- began speaking to my heart. He began telling me that I was not brought here to manifest his power in that way. I was brought here for another reason. And he started to really put on my heart to just pray. He kept on telling me over and again to just pray. So that, that's, what, that's what I did. All I did that night was, to, was pray for revival in Manipur. During dinner and on the bus, I just prayed in the spirit. That night, revival came to Manipur. Over 60 people came up to be prayed for, and nearly 30 of them were slain by the power of God. At one point in the night, I was praying for a lady, and I had my hand on her back. I was just praying a prayer of blessing over her, and all of a sudden, she just fell right in front of me. I was barely able to catch her before she hit the ground. He, he was especially, and one, one thing was that everybody that was on the, on the team was being used to manifest his spirit. Um, he was especially pouring out his spirit upon the children. Many children came up to the altar to be prayed for, and many of them fell under the power of God. At first, seeds of doubt were being planted in my mind, telling me that these kids were only up here to get attention. However, as I prayed against the doubts, he put a verse into my heart, Matthew nineteen thirteen through 15. Then little children were brought to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. Jesus said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these." When he had placed his hands on them, he went on from there. God was truly demonstrating his power in Manipur. He was showing me that these poor, meek, and humble people were the people he died for. That despite the generations of idolatry and bondage, he was going to redeem this land to glorify his name. He was also telling me that he was going to use the children to do it. The children of India. On our last full day in India, we returned to Delhi to stay at Mary Claire Children's Home. This is where God spoke to me the most. The home was literally built on garbage. All around the orphanage were slums and streets covered with trash. Right across the street was a slum neighborhood where about 40 people were living in huts in abject poverty. The kids of the slums were covered with dirt, and they were stepping on cow droppings with their bare feet. It was truly a place of hopelessness. But in the middle of all this darkness was a light I talked about earlier. The children of Mary Claire were not just beautiful, but had the light of Christ shining through them. As he prayed with them and had VBS together, I saw the joy of Christ that put a joy that Christ had put in their hearts. And despite having so little, they were full of love for the Lord and for each other. And when we had a time of prayer with the kids, they were really praying for one another with passion and zeal. One of the boys named Henry was praying for his brother with tears in his eyes. And one of the girls named Florence, you can just tell that she was going to be an intercessor and a prayer warrior. We only spent one night with the children of Mary Claire, but God had used them to show me so much. He showed me how much I was lacking in compassion and how little love I had for the people around me. It was so easy to love these children, but at the same time, he was showing me all the people in my life here in Korea that I had complete apathy for. God was putting into my heart compassion for people, and he was using these kids to show me his light. The hopelessness and oppression that I, that I saw when I landed that first day in Delhi had been replaced with hope, hope that smiles with the most beautiful smiles I had ever seen light that will shine in a land that is covered in darkness. God will use the children to save the nation of India. And 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to 29 says, But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. Thank you so much for the prayers and support. I am currently praying and asking the Lord for another opportunity to go back to India and minister to the children I met there for a longer period, uh, maybe two months. Please pray that this is God's will for me, if this is God's will for me, that he will open the doors for me to go. Thank you and God bless.